You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. For your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. And to some extent, I believe it. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat, For when you're eating, some of you go ahead with your private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. For I received from the Lord that I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, one night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks... He broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. This is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regards to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged, In this way, by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally uh, condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who's hungry should eat something at home so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give you further directions. Let me get my clicker as well. I'll help along, Janine. But yeah, follow me if I forget. That'd be great. Fantastic. So that's a letter to Paul to a church in Corinth, a community not unlike ours. Paul's writing a letter. With encu- usually he's encu- he makes one of those encouragement sandwiches. He usually starts with a really encouraging thing, ends encouraging, and in the middle he says some challenges, and that's what we just looked at. We're going to come back to that. Um, but we've been on a journey in the church the last probably four weeks, if you've been with us. And uh, we've had weeks where we looked at Church of Christ history. What is a Church of Christ? The week after we looked at Burley's best, I kind of called it what Burley looks like when it's at its best, when it's firing on all cylinders. And then last week wasn't actually deliberately meant to be part of the series, but it tied in nicely as we looked at what legacy we're building and leaving here at Burley Heads Church of Christ. And so this morning is kind of a, one, a conclusion, but also the start of something. And so we're going to head into another series next week directly after this, fleshing out what we're going to speak about this morning. But I guess this, this whole series, we've been through a lot in the last year and a half as a church, lots of change. Um, you only need to walk into the op shop hall to see physical change in the place, or our curtains and see physical change in the place. Um, see that we've changed minister to know spiritual leadership, new elders on board. Um, lots of different things going on, and so it's really important to ask the question, God, where are you taking us? What are you doing here? What's next, or what's going on here at Burley Heads Church of Christ? What are you doing? 
And it's important to assess this. Um, if we don't know what God's doing, if we don't know what God is asking of us, then we don't know. Then we're pretty much blind. <laughs> we're pretty much just might, might as well be a sports club, a social club, or just an op shop. If we don't want to ask God what he wants to do, then let's just do the op shop thing because it's fun. <laughs> it's beautiful now. It's cool. We get to meet people. Let's just do that and not do this. But God has something for us and we need to ask that and hopefully start to unpack that this morning. So I just want to, um, I mean, maybe I'm comfortable with this idea of this question, what are we building here? Not physically, spiritually. Maybe that doesn't sit right with you. Um, let me just unpack the narrative of the Bible. God places us in the garden and says, build the garden, grow the garden, name the animals. I want you to create right from the beginning. He has a purpose for us. We want purpose. I have another uh, pastor friend that doesn't like this. I tell him, I reckon we're going to work in heaven. And he, that's just a th- this is not a theological point. I just reckon we'll have a purpose, stuff to do. He hates that idea. He's like, when I get to heaven, I want to relax. <laughs> I want to stop. That's just my opinion. But the, the, the very second we're created, we're given a purpose to build, create. It's fun, it's easy, but it's there. God constantly talks to his people about building a city on a hill, a, uh, a royal priesthood, a, a family that will go out and connect with the rest of the world, will change the world. He wants us to build a community. And then Jesus doesn't stop talking about growing, planting, and building in pretty much all his parables. So the question is, what are we building here? Turn to the person beside you and just ask that question. They don't have to have a perfect answer. Just say, what are we building here? I'll give you a couple of minutes. I'll stop you there. We can continue talking about that. Um, You probably heard things like we're building a church. Um, If you really want to unpack that, ask them what do you mean by that? And because we have these lines we love to throw out. I do it. Oh, we're building a church. Build God's kingdom, which is true, but what is that? And then that's when it starts to unravel sometimes because we just, we're used to rolling out these lines. But sometimes it's good to just stop and go, well, what are you actually building spiritually here so i'm going to dance around two images not physically literally dance but around two images this morning and that's pretty much the sermon we're going to talk about two images um, and ask which one are we building what are we doing here and so the two images are are pretty simple Um, on this side we've got a family table and i'm going to get volunteers like josie and Anne. 
and Mr. Criddle's got his head down, he's deliberately trying not to make eye contact. So I won't, I'll pretend I, pretend I don't see him. Come on, John. Come on up. And you're just going to sit here. So we've got this family. Um, oh, we need one more. He's avoiding eye contact. Matt, Matt, he's being dobbed in. Come on up, Matt. Come on up, Matt. So you are going to be up here probably for the remainder of the sermon, so you've got a good seat. So I don't actually need you to do anything. Just sit here, not talk. You're meant to be representing a family table, but I actually don't want you to talk. Um, yeah, no, well, you can have a bit of this. I don't know how long I've, I've been sitting there for, but we've got this image of a family table. Um, multiple generations, it's messy. Kids just, um, oh, you can go back, you can go, I understand. If, is that a mat? Oh, sorry. If you need him back, we understand. So um, we are literally talking about building a family table, so sorry. He loves his dad, that's, that's lovely. So it's always nice when they occasionally cry for us. So, um, Messy, it's, it's a kid just spilt something over where we've had to drag, yeah, yeah. Does he want to come up? Oh, I won't. Okay, that's all right. So, as much as I don't want to use Jess's pain, this is what we're talking about. This is family table. It's messy. There's kids crying, but we're seated. We're talking. People are sharing food. Um, the f- multiple ages. We're dragging tables over because it's getting too busy. The family table picture. And then we've got this one. Who can I pick on for this? Come on, Kerr. She knew it. Pick on my little sister. Come and have a seat. So, yeah. So, and then you've got to put that on your lap. On the other side, we could be building a, uh, what I call a steady Eddie or a TV dinner, where um, you get exactly what you want. You get to choose the TV show. You get your meal. There's a little light there, so you can I don't, so you can see your dinner. So it's, it's, you can have the cinema feel and see your dinner. Very cushiony, cushiony, cushiony um, bottom of the steady eddy, and so it's comfortable. It's nice. You get to what are you watching? What do you get to watch? What's you and Samal's favourite show? Office. So you're watching the Office. No one's going to tell her to go to bed. They can just keep watching it. She can watch it. She can binge it all night. She can do whatever she wants. It's perfect, actually. Look at that, you've got your own remote to the Acer t- uh, computer screen. And, uh, and so you've got these two images. I've got some pictures here. TV dinner or a family table. It's all right. No one noticed? Good. <laughs> I actually tripped just then. I don't know if anyone saw. Or you've got your TV dinner. Oh, no, 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 none of them are meant to represent you, Kirsten. So, yeah, so family, these two images, 
actually kind of highlighted in this passage we just read in a roundabout way. There's these images of what we're actually building. And so what I want us to do, let's have a vote out of fun. Who thinks when we look at what we're going to build as a church, who thinks spiritually are we building, so I'll get you to vote, raise your hand if you think we're building a steady, eddy, comfortable TV dinner. Okay, interesting. Jono? <laughs> and who thinks we're building a family table? Scared our children's coordinator <laughs> chose, their, <laughs> chose the family. <laughs> no, that's right. So I suspected the vote would go that way. Um, so that's, that's my sermon. So that's it. So um, Jeremy... Not quite. Um, Here's the problem. I know we know the scriptures if we've been here for a while. I know we um, we know about the kingdom of God. We've heard we've heard we know the theory. If this was an exam, I reckon most people would who was in the ark. Noah, correct. Are we building a family table or a comfortable, steady eddy individual dinner? Probably a family table. You, You know the scriptures. I know you know this. But here's the big problem. This morning, I'm going to spend the rest of this sermon talking about why this is really, really hard. How's that? How's that for encouragement? Why this is actually really, really hard. So if we're serious about building a spiritual family table that's inclusive and messy and about sharing and about dragging other tables over to include more people, then it's actually going to be really hard. And I need us to know this. I need us to understand what we're, going to, what we're signing up for and have a healthy understanding. So let me explain why this is the hard choice. Number one, the Bible shows us this is the hard choice. So I'm going to, you might be rethinking, Jono might be like, yes, I made the right choice. So, (laughs) because I'm going to actually show you why this is hard. So let me give you the briefest run through of the Bible, skipping heaps of stuff. God, the Trinity, Ultimate love, ultimate community, three in one, wants to share that love. We don't know the exact details. We try not to explain the Trinity too detailed because it's allowed to be mysterious. Anything that created the entire universe can, can be a little bit out of our understanding. And so it's his ultimate community, ultimate love, three in one. Talks about in the Genesis story, it says we and they create. They want to share it with their creation. They actually want to create a family table and let others in to be a part of that. So they create man and woman. We reject it. We go, no thanks, we want to be God. The office has a new season. I really like what I like. I'm going to eat over here, thanks very much. Interesting enough, Cain and Abel, the first kids have a difference of what God is saying have a difference in hearing from God, and so one of them kills the other. There's a first family over this individual needs or family table. And then Cain, this is really interesting, in, in 16 Genesis, uh, I think it's 4, 16, it says, Cain went out with the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod. So Cain's been sent out of the family, the garden, out of Eden, says, Cain made love to his wife and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city 
and he named it after his son Enoch. Within three to four chapters of the Bible, they've already rejected the family twice and the son has already started to build his own city, his own ways. I'll do it myself, God. Cain leaves the holy community and says, I'll do it myself. It's not looking good if in four chapters of the Bible we're already rejecting this. Then God has Noah. A new fresh start, a new fresh family. We're going to go into all the world and we're going to do this right. It's going to be a family table. My ways centred around me. We reject it. Over time, we reject it. Abraham, he finds a guy, a nomad in the desert and says, I want to build, you want, I want you to be a man of generations, the forefather of many, many, many descendants. A family that is ever growing and people will know you. You'll be holy, it says, because I'm holy, it says in Leviticus. People will know you. They'll seek to find this city on a hill, this, this family of descendants that know this way, know this powerful God. Not long after, we reject it. He grabs his people again and says, all right, I'll give you a land and a home. I'll take you out of slavery. Surely you'll get that I love you and we'll have this family table, a land, a home, an identity. Pretty soon after, we reject it. We say, actually, we want our own king. We need a representative God. You're a bit too distant. We need a king. So he goes, okay, I'll give you a king. He does give some warnings, but he goes, I'll make it. He will be a good king. And he gives us a king, King David. And he's really good, but he's not perfect. And some mistakes he makes at the end of his life, which are selfish, affect his son and his son. And eventually the line dries up. And they get captured again. And we reject it yet again. We try to replace the head of the family table. And then finally the master plan, which was hinted in Genesis 1, because God knows human beings. He comes from the throne, humbling himself to bring us back, the lost children, back to his family table. And he makes it easy. Back into relationship with the divine. He becomes tangibly human. And he becomes incredibly inclusive and he says, you're all welcome. You're all welcome at my table. And I've made a way because of what I've done on the cross. Why he's here, he digs at the powerful, he digs at the religious, the ones that are trying to do their own thing and continually says, come back, come back to the father. Abba, he says, as we discussed last week, daddy, come back to the family. So much so that they obviously kill him for it. They get cross at this. This is offensive. This is too inclusive. But he knows that death is coming. And like I said, he makes a way back for the broken, the lost and the trapped to come back to the table. No matter what they've done, no matter what they're going to do. He extends the table. And then he says to us, extend it further and make disciples. Make students, make children of, this, of these ways of this love. It's around your AD, it becomes the main religion and we take some of the good. But also with that comes suddenly religion becomes a way to get power, comfort, everything we want. And throughout the last 2,000 years it's been a bit of, bit of everything, <laughs> a bit of both. All this to say, building a holy family table. If, if you said this morning, if you said, I think that's what 
Maybe you said, I think that's what Steve wants me to say. (laughs) Or maybe, honestly, I believe most of us are like, yeah, we know that's what God wants us to build. Please consider that if we're actually going to head there, the whole Bible is a story after story after story telling us that's really hard. That's going to take some challenge. Building a family table is hard according to the Bible. Next reason it's hard. Our culture is actively working against us. I'm standing up here saying, and most of you are agreeing, (laughs) that as a church we want to build a family table that extends to the lost, that we invite each other to encourage each other, love each other, so much so that it overflows, it says in John 14, and people start to go, what's going on there? As we centre around Jesus' truth, his ways and his life-giving message. I'm saying that to a generation that within moments on Monday, a lot of us will be overworked. We can't help but be semi-consumer focused. Um, I heard a great analogy about that. Just look at why Coles, for the first time in a long time, is beating Woolies. The miniatures, the Coles. I'm not knocking you if you've got the collection, but seriously, we're that like, need it all. We can't help ourselves that Coles is beating Woolies, even though it has more expensive groceries as a whole, because it's getting you to collect miniature products that it sells. I've considered building little miniature Burley churches to try to get more people in and collect them all. (laughs) Collect a miniature Pastor Steve. (laughs) Collect worship leader Jeremy. Well, I don't know, whatever works there, but we're just so, it's it's a fun one, but we are just so consumer focused. We can't put down the phone. Generalization here. We are competitive. We can't rest. We just can't rest. That's coming from every direction, every psychologist. And every book that's coming out at the moment is about how we're just absolutely unable to rest, um, unable to stop, unable to turn it off. We're distracted. So I'm asking that culture here, literally saying, okay, well, I know that's what Monday to Friday looks like. I know that's the message of our entire planet, or Western side of it anyway. So can we become a community that stops, is present, makes time for one another, one another, is extremely generous. I'm literally preaching the anti-culture message here. Our culture is working against us. So before we say, all right, Steve, or church leadership, where are we heading? What's next? Please understand if we say we honestly want to build a family table, not if you're still thinking literally, if you think, is he going to draw out some plans for, I'm thinking spiritually, then I'll know that Monday morning you will be just whacked over the head the second you walk out your door with the opposing message. No, get what you want. Every single TV show streaming in your time. Make sure you're comfortable. Look after you first. You need that. You need miniatures. You need this. You need that to be happy. You need that. You won't be complete unless you have that. You need to work harder. You need to raise your status online or in the workplace. Please understand if we commit to this, it's hard. It's going to be hard. And lastly, church history 
says this is really difficult. Paul explains in the passage we read today that this church in Corinth has this spirit, has something going on within it that he needs the church to recognise. That people were coming... Notice church in that day was a meal. So that's why they're talking about getting drunk or eating too much because church was not when you attend and sit in the pews and listen to the sermon. It was when you come to the family table. That Just interesting point. That's a given that church is a meal and time together that way. It's just assumed. Anyway, he says that people were coming to consume. So they're coming to get drunk. And this is an anti... It isn't actually an anti-drinking passage, although that's part of it. It's a anti... <laughs> just put that back, Matt. Now, it's an, anti, it's an anti-consuming passage. Don't come to church to consume because you're just coming to get stuff. People are looking for comfort. They were eating in separate areas so the, the, the higher class or the ones that knew each other, the core, would eat beforehand to make sure they get all the chicken, I assume. Or the trifle, because I notice in this church, trifle goes like that, because I'm normally trying to get some. <laughs> it's okay, but maybe that's it. They're eating all the chicken and trifle, and then they're like, oh, the new people are here. Yeah, yeah, well, here's dinner. <laughs> There's a few chicken bones and an empty trifle. This was really hard for them. Paul is saying to the church, if you're about to come to communion and you hold something against your peer, your brother and sister, your pastor, and you drink and eat with them in the wrong motive, he says you'll grow weary, sick and fall asleep. Paul is saying if you're having communion or meeting together at a ritual or tradition or comfort or to consume, then your faith will be pretty weak. You might as well be asleep. Paul's words... If there's no accountability or desire to grow or extend yourself, then you're going to fall asleep. If you're simply coming to critique the message, if you're simply coming to critique the service and get what you can get for the hour Sunday, then it's not going to work out well, Paul says. It's not what God intended. Here's the hardest bit, and might be even harder in the second service because we've got more people that have been there a while, but... We'll go to, the, first of all, the early church disguised comfort, control, and tradition as spirituality. Here's a bit of truth. Is everyone all right with the, the pointiest end of this sermon? When I talked to the ex-pastors of this church, when we celebrated the whole timeline, when I asked them what is the best of Burley, they gave it to me and they said, all the stuff we celebrated three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Then I asked, like any family, what's the darker side? What's our weakness as a family? Now, don't take this personally, because most people haven't been here the whole 40 years and definitely haven't been on leadership. So it's not one person. This is an idea that sometimes creeps back in to, and this one is probably every church, but each minister said, the ones I could contact said, this has been a thing that comes in to Burley Heads Church of Christ now and then and rears its head. They said, he's actually said this line. One of the ministers said, sometimes Burley Church of Christ disguises comfort, control and tradition as spirituality. 
Now, before you take offence, that's every single church. Is it, it's in every single church, but let's acknowledge it here, that the struggle is real, even in this awesome church. So what does this look like? What are you trying to say, Steve? What does this painfully look like? What does this spirit sound like in a church? What sounds like this? We do it this way or we like it that way because God likes what I like. If right now God likes every single thing you do, that's awesome. <laughs> but maybe have a ch- I'd love to have a chat with you because I reckon that's pretty hard to do. I reckon God is always changing and transforming us. But if, he likes, if you like stamp collecting and God's favourite thing to do is stamp collecting, if you like this style of music, this band, and God's favourite band is your band, maybe you need to just reflect on that and work out is it God or is it just a bigger projected version of yourself? Sometimes God disagrees because he's God. It sounds like this. We do it this way or like it this way because God likes what I like. Or it can sound like this. We love everyone, but particularly people we know and are comfortable with. We like them even more. We have chicken and trifle with them before the others get there. We're a friendly church, especially to those we know. This is a biggie in any church. As long as leadership doesn't challenge us or does what we do and it's comfortable, then we'll leave them alone. We won't complain. Hard truth, nearly every minister before me, besides Neil and one other, left semi-badly for various reasons, but it's just our, it's the darker side of our history. Whether they were challenging something, whether they were pushing on something they shouldn't have, we didn't love it. And who likes being challenged? Nobody. <laughs> Building a family table that's inclusive, loving, flexible and messy and always extending is hard. Maybe impossible. This actually might be an impossible idea this morning. Might be. Except for we have a God of the impossible. Correct? Amen? We've been shown a truth and a way and a life-restoring message and been given the Spirit. So perhaps we can do this. Amen? He can make this possible and we have each other so we don't have to do this alone. We can gather around the truth of Jesus. We can grow and transform and abide and sometimes sacrifice for the ways of Jesus. And then we can go, or as we go, is sometimes a better um, representation of that passage. We carry with us into the dark and lost and extend the table. Jesus Christ makes it possible made it possible and makes it possible bottom line is if we're building a community a family if this is what it's going to look like for us it would be impossible if we're going to build it around preaching if you build around my preaching impossible (laughs) 
If you build it around our interest, our age, our politics, our favourite colour, if you build it around our favourite sport, it will be impossible to do this. Burley Church of Christ is going to look at building a spiritual family table. This means we have to have a focus on Jesus Christ at the centre. That is the only way it's possible, in his spirit, in his presence. This means, the exciting bit is means if we do this, we can have similar roots to our Church of Christ heritage. We can bring unity, not for the sake of unity, but for the mission of Christ. We can unclutter the gospel, get the rituals out of the way and get the gospel in people's hands, get them free through Jesus, extend the table, drag it across the room so people can sit there. And we can do pioneering movements of love and support like op shops that mean that someone is in our church every single day and we can love them like Christ loves us. It also means these, remember these? (laughs) We can be focused on local and overseas mission. We can see kids coming as we have new generations at the table. We can go outside the church because the building isn't important and we can have those picnics. We can go down to the hill. We can sit there, still be the church, unifying ourselves, bringing others. We can, we can, for the sake of mission and support, we can align ourselves with other churches. In a couple of weeks, we're going to go down to Village Church in the afternoon. Anyone's welcome. That's the uniting church plan, and we're going to have dinner together. That's it. We're just going to hang out because we're a K down the road. We're talking to Southport about helping support us Help us work together to build family tables across the Gold Coast. We will be and stay friendly to those we know and to strangers. We'll keep light-hearted because how can you not be light-hearted when you've got Jesus, you've got the joy, you've got the purpose. You don't have to collect the miniatures. You can collect the miniatures. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect your salvation and it doesn't affect how the Creator thinks of you. How freeing is that? We can be a people, the knowledge of who God is, that have a deep stillness and rest about them. That it doesn't matter because we're in God. Man, I got seven veggie mites and I was really hoping for a, a miniature peanut butter. It doesn't matter. Or deeper than that, I just lost my job or I'm not excelling in my career like my neighbour. My car's window's taped up and I'm a pastor of a church. <laughs> but I can rest in God. It's okay. I don't have to achieve something on this day, whatever day that is that you rest. And we will extend the table to the poor and the isolated and we'll pray to a living, working God, a God that's not dead and used to work, a God that is working through us today. So our mission stays the same because Jesus gave it to us. Our mission is to be disciples who make disciples. Or as we say, following Jesus, transforming lives. That's always been the mission. Our postures, you hear me talk about a lot, kind of a great way to talk about how we act. We gather, we grow, and we go and we give. But our vision, and I was going to get this grammarly checked so don't look too hard, is to be a family table situated in southern Gold Coast, centred around Christ, his truths, his ways, 
and life-giving message. Let me say that one more time. To be a family table situated in southern Gold Coast, centred around Christ, his ways, his truth and life-giving message. This morning is an invitation for you to consider. Really consider. Consider how hard it would be, but consider how amazing it would be to move in this direction. It's an invitation not to come to church. It's an invitation not to attend church. It's an invitation to be the church. Stop attending Burley, (laughs) sort of. Stop coming to get something, but be the church with us. Be part of the family table. It's an invitation to explore your place at the table, your giftings, what you bring, what God is doing in you. This is an invitation to be supported by this family and powered by its source, Jesus, so we can keep making more people to bring to the table. We can keep extending the table. We can run out of room and food and have to bring more food to the table. This is an image of what Burley Church of Christ has been and is. There are elements of this that we're picking from our best. But we're also playing against our weaknesses. It's an image of a table, a mission um, that leadership, not just me, is inviting you into this morning. So are you coming? Are you in? Consider how hard this could be, but how amazing it is. Consider what God has for you. I get there's an air of mystery around it. What does the table look like? What colour the seats? <laughs> like, what does it look like? That's why for the next five weeks, we're going to start a series. I've got a slide here. Radical, crazy, extreme and beautiful hospitality. We'll take this series for as long as we need to and we'll start to unpack what a family table looks like. But for now, I'm asking us this morning, as I invite us down to, um, or invite those that are on communion to come on up, um, so I think we've got Abe, but if he's not here, then... So let's go, Lauren, is that all right? And I might grab Jono. So just grab a couple. We're going to grab a bit of communion. Jeremy's going to start playing. I don't want you to answer this invitation this morning. But as you come down this morning, as you consider that God didn't sit up in his throne. Because I imagine God can watch whatever he wants on his throne. (laughs) I imagine he could have whatever he wants for dinner. I imagine he was pretty comfortable as the king of the universe. Came down, humbled himself on the cross to drag us back into the family table. There's this beautiful image on the hill as a prodigal son returns and he runs, which is very, very rare for a, a Jewish man of that status to run. And he opens his hands and he embraces and says, welcome home, my son. Consider the invitation this morning as you take communion, as you remember the sacrifice Jesus made. Church, can we build this family table? Is this where we can go? In? Is this where we've been? This has been the best of us and this is where we're going into the future. Let me pray. We'll have communion, finish with a song and we can have a chat at morning tea. Let's pray. Father, you are clearly 
give us this narrative of welcoming us back into the family, welcoming us back into the spiritual family that's yours. All I ask right now is as we remember your sacrifice, speak to us on where you have us. What is our purpose in this for the next season? What is our purpose in this plan? And what does your sacrifice and family table mean to us this morning, Lord? Speak to us powerfully, boldly, and specifically. And may your presence fill this place so that it overflows. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Just come on down when you're ready and then we'll finish with the last song.